0: I'm Phil nabashi treitler and this is Let's Give This Some Thought. It's a podcast about regular people coming together in communities of critical thought. In season one, undergraduate students taking my course on critical race and racism share their thoughts. My name is Summer Magnin and I will be your episode host today. In this episode, we are going to dig into anti-blackness in our postmodern society as shown through fashion advertisements and magazines. This topic occurred to me as a mundane yet massive way in which anti-blackness is normalized every day um, during class a couple weeks ago. So how is it that a multi-billion dollar industry is able to bring anti-blackness into our daily lives so easily? Let's think this through. Okay, so the first example of anti-Blackness in the fashion industry and advertising um, that we're going to look at today is the 2008 Vogue cover with LeBron James and Giselle. And although it was released 12 years ago, it's an amazingly blatant example of anti-Blackness in the fashion industry on the cover. um, I know you can't see it because it's a podcast, but if you Google it, you'll see um, James if you just Google LeBron James and Giselle Vogue, um, you'll see him in all black, like a basketball outfit. Um, he's bouncing a basketball. And on the other arm, he has his hand around Giselle's waist. And she's like smiling and looking frail and <laughs> innocent. And he's like screaming. Um, also, if you Google it, you'll prob- it will come up with a side-by-side comparison of the cover to um King Kong and it's just the it's amazing that this was able to be put like published as a cover it's it's exactly like down to the dress color and everything it's exactly comparing him to King Kong the gorilla um so this displays anti-blackness because James is portrayed as an animal um this is a very like out of date, but definitely still very alive form of anti-Blackness, especially comparing Black people to, like, monkeys or apes, um, and they did it on the cover of Vogue in 2008. So, he's being displayed as, like, aggressive, like, toxically masculine, um, just a disruptor, and this just adds to the paradigm of comparing blacks to animals, which is like to make them seem inferior and stupid and controllable. Um, so it's kind of, it's so it's, it's shocking to me. I've looked at this a couple times um, in the last couple years. And it's just amazing to me that this was on the cover of Vogue, one of the most, if not the most well-known fashion magazine in the entire world. And somehow it's put on there and he's like obviously an enormous name in sports. And so the fact that he agreed to it, I can't, I I always just wonder how he even agreed to be portrayed in this way. Maybe he just didn't know. Maybe he was like just set up to do it by his, like his agent and didn't really think much about it. Maybe he was just excited to be on the cover of Vogue um, as an athlete <laughs> and, but it's really bad. And it's just, if not like in addition to displaying anti-blackness, it's displaying toxic masculinity, but like, it's also, it's playing on like the age old tale of black men being some kind of a threat to white women, like as if that's the reality we live in, which it's not, but that's definitely a narrative told throughout history. Um, An anti-black, narrative told and that's definitely what's being seen here is she's like smiling and looking positive and radiant and he's like screaming and flexing and like like squatting and (laughs) looking like he's trying to control her um yeah it's just it's amazing that they were able to portray him as literally as a gorilla villain and her as like the white victim that's Just so frail and perfect. So how did this Vogue cover even come about? Um, Honestly, I think that the designers, the, I don't know, people who create the cover of Vogue, probably thought he wanted to be portrayed in this way, which makes it even worse. Um, That they probably thought, oh, well, he's a black man. Like, he probably wants to be portrayed as, like, strong and big and... What's something that's strong and big? Yeah, it's an animal, but they didn't have to go and compare him to a gorilla, which is it's just such like such an offensive thing to do. (laughs) I was going to say taboo, but that doesn't even that's too kind of a word. It's just straight up offensive for them to have done that. Um, And even if they were like, oh, well, maybe he wanted to be. Maybe this is what he would like to be portrayed as is something so strong and i don't know commanding um it's very blatantly a form of anti-blackness and yeah it's just really amazing that that was able to be published So the second topic we'll be looking at is um, like cologne ads um, from 2019, and I can't pronounce any of the names of the colognes, um, but basically if you just Google men's cologne ads, you'll find a bunch of stuff of what I'm going to share with you now. Um, so the first ones that I pulled aside for this are two of white men, they're both black and white, and they both are looking like straight at the viewer, straight at the camera um and they have women draped over them like they're the the center of desire like if you buy the cologne then you're gonna have women like fawning over you as well um (laughs) we've all seen these cologne ads I'm pretty sure um anyone listening you can kind of imagine it without even having to look it up um but then I tried to find a cologne ad with a black man in it to see what kind of, I don't know how he would be portrayed. And I only found one, um, and it took me a while. It took a long while to be able to find a Kelowna ad with a black man in it, which I found like interesting. That's not um, a part of, I don't know, the fashion industry that I thought would be centered around race. But I guess that's kind of the idea is like, even if you don't think it would be centered around race it is <laughs> it is and especially in america we try to portray like the white man as the the norm in society such as like like what's portrayed in i guess cologne ads but anyway the advertisement that i found with a black man in it he so he's not looking at the camera it's not in black and white it's in color it's in like browner tones like maybe it has like a filter over it and he is like coming up to a woman from behind and like pushing her against a wall and it looks kind of aggressive i looked at it i was like oh that looks like a situation i would not want to be in um so the fact that this is the only ad that i could find with a black man in it for cologne is in itself Shocking, <laughs> like that—that that it took so long to find one, and then this is the only one I could find. And he's basically attacking a woman from behind. I don't think that that's like a good way to sell your product, anyway. Like, if you have this clothes, then you'll be attacked, um, or you'll attack someone. You're like, <laughs> it's just—it doesn't make any sense to do it like that. So I see this as a very straightforward example of anti-blackness as well because it's these people are choosing to advertise men differently and races differently and how they interact with women differently and in both situations it's not like the best situation for the the woman involved but the fact that they really just took him and made him look like he's attacking this woman who also has very clearly lighter skin than he does so it's also playing on that paradigm of black men like threatening white or lighter skinned women in some way and how that how in America for some reason that's become a norm not for some reason but that's a different a different conversation to have but yeah I just thought that was quite interesting um since it's a part of the industry you wouldn't really think that the advertisers would take a black man and make him seem predatory i guess also with the vogue cover it's making him seem predatory that's definitely that's the trend that i found in doing this podcast um in the fashion industry they make they're making black men seem predatory and that's clearly anti-black and if we don't make them see like we don't if we don't portray them as equal to white men or black women to white women, if we don't make them seem equal or play equal roles in advertisings and or advertisements, then it it'll just stay like this and in society they'll never they won't gain equality either. So these colonnades are important not only because they portray anti-blackness but they're also very like clear representation of the other side of anti-blackness which is reinforcing white supremacy um in society so the like the black man is seen as predatory he's shown as dangerous and like an assailant of women um in this advertisement which is obviously problematic in itself But it also, like, the contrast shows the white men as not like that. Even though there are white men who are, there's men of all all kinds who are (laughs) predatory and dangerous. Um, But portraying them like this in advertisements makes them seem, like, more kind, less dangerous physically. Um, And that just eternalizes the issue of presenting white people as not dangerous when they are also. So it's important to see both of these sides of anti-blackness and how it impacts a negative, like it creates a negative image of black people while also creating a friendlier version of white people. Um, And together, these sides work to be extremely harmful to the black community and also just give white people like a false sense of reality um, and a false sense of race and racism and thinking that they don't actually exist. I like look a lot of white people just are like, oh, well, I don't see color or I don't see whatever. And they're extremely colorblind and these advertisements just help that along similar to any other kind of like microaggression yeah. So this brings me to talk about why I chose to discuss anti-blackness in advertisements in the fashion industry. Um because it seems like such a niche topic to discuss and it is. Um but I just wanted to really hit on the fact that advertisements have so much more of an impact on us than we think that they do. And they really normalize like roles that different kinds of people play in the world um, and make them and portray them in certain ways. Like, for example, as we've been, as I've been explaining, <laughs> um, showing black men as predatory, um, or you could talk about like gay people in advertisements and maybe like lesbians they're portrayed as like hypersexual or um black women are often like in leopard print in (laughs) fashion advertisements and stuff and as ridiculous as these seem they're the reality and if we don't change how they're shown in advertisements if we don't change how they're normalized in our everyday life and observed through our like even just through our subconscious because we're definitely not consciously looking at and analyzing every single ad that we see every day um then we'll never change how people are treated how people are given equality we'll never change we'll never change racism we'll never change prejudice if we don't (laughs) change like these little weird niche things such as advertising okay so I just wanted to thank you all for listening um I hope I in this short I don't know 14 minute podcast I hope I was able to teach you something about anti-blackness in fashion industry and I hope I opened your minds and eyes to really looking and gaining an analytical view of um, advertisements in the world around you and just how they're impacting not only your own thoughts, but how the world works around you, how our society is shaped through advertisements. And yeah. yeah. So thank you for listening. you've been listening to let's give this some thought a podcast made by and for critical thinkers original art meditations on black womanhood by Vilna bashi trailer original music brooklyn pound by tailored music and i'm your host vilna bashi trailer leave us a review on your favorite platform send us a message or write out a comment thanks for listening I mm-hmm.